quickly I'm for Seb. three to 13 miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, going back to getting onto to the C3 team, yeah. I mean, what were you, what kind of runs were you doing that they saw you like just running around and were like, hey, come, come join us. Let's try out. <laughs> Some of my college teammates really love to tell the story, um, and they they probably even tell it better than I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think by my sophomore year of college, I was running seven to nine miles six days a week. No, like what I today think of as a workout or as doing strides or doing a long run, none of that. Had no idea how any of that worked. I was really just going out for about an hour, pretty easy on the roads of Lewiston, Maine after class almost every day. Um, and I had, I, I got to know some of the other people who were on the track and cross country teams sort of through other extracurricular activities. It's a small school. People would like did a lot of different activities. So I sort of was friendly with a couple of them and we ended up just running on some of the same roads at approximately the same time because it was after <laughs> class. That's when they had cross country practice. That's when I would had my free hour so I would head out for an hour run and I would often see them and sometimes I would pass them on their easy runs. And they thought, who is this guy who we see like multiple times a week on the same roads who often passes us? Because, um, I mean, they were they were jogging seven minute pace and I, I didn't know them and I didn't want to run with them because it was a big group of them. And I thought like, ooh, I don't want to like interfere on what they have going. So I would sometimes, you know run 630 pace to get around them and then carry on or something. So they just thought, who is this guy? Um, and it took a couple months, but some of the people that I knew through other activities, they kind of talked to me and they said, Oh, like we see that you run, you should come join the team. You seem like you're pretty serious about it. And for a while I thought I didn't, I was affirmative. I was firm. I did not want to do it. Um, because I was operating under the mistaken assumption that it was going to take too much away from other aspects of my life. And it took a couple months of them coaxing until eventually um, the sort of then captain, I think at the time um, of the team was someone I knew through student government. He said, look, we have this, this was a January of, I think my sophomore year said, look, Bates college is hosting a little indoor track meet. It was early in the season couple other schools are coming and he's like you should you should run the 5k and just see sort of what happens and i didn't really want to do it i'd never run a five kind of track before um i i had seen some of these college times and you know most of these most of the the guys that i that were on my college team would run anywhere from 1450 to 16 minutes in the 5k and i don't actually remember what my fastest 5k was at that point. I think it was 18 something. Um, and he said, look, like just come run this race with us. It'll be fun. Sort of. I, I didn't really anticipate it at the time, but he did sort of have an ulterior motive of hoping that I would join the team. And, <laughs> and, and he had talked to the coach about it and it was, it was all the stuff I found out afterwards. Um, so I ran this race with them and ran 1550 something, which was like a two minute, 5k PR something like that I don't and it was just I was blown away at how fast I had managed to run was not last in this race this like January d3 indoor race <laughs> up, in, up in Maine um, and a couple weeks later I sort of broke down and signed up for the team and um, yeah and I've been getting like steadily faster ever since and I had a really great time at Bates College the coach there was really excellent for sort of my kind of stage of development and I ended up making some really great lifelong friends on the Bates team and guys I, I still talk to regularly and it was actually like a it was a great decision in retrospect I had a great time that is amazing again like the fact that you're doing like you're talking about like six to nine miles like just going on an hour you know most days of the week yeah and that's not something a lot of people would just do on their own to stay fit <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't quite know. Like I had, I had done a tiny bit of running in elementary school. I had done the run for the zoo, um, in what must've been 2002 or something. Um, my like elementary school P coach saw that I, I was, you know, a little bit better at capture the flag than some of the other nine year olds. <laughs> and was like, you should just like sign up and run this 5k. And 
I, I definitely vomited afterwards, but I ran 20, I don't know, 24, 25 minutes, some 23. I don't, I don't remember, but, um, I had a, I did have a little bit of familiarity with sort of the concept of long distance running. Um, and be, there was that apparently really formative, you know, six week cross country season in middle school at the Academy. Right. Apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I just enjoyed running in college even before I joined the team because it was just, you know, I was reading a lot. I was inside a lot because the weather in Maine is tough. So it was just sort of an excuse to get outside and get some fresh air and get away from campus because it was a small little school. Um, and yeah, I would just find myself on these on these um, quiet back roads in in Maine Um just by myself out there with just just the wind in the trees and sort of it was an excuse to get away from that small little campus an excuse to get away from the books and sort of remind myself of the world outside outside that little bubble um and i was almost always just by myself out there having a great time so um then when other people said why don't you come do that with us i thought (laughs) this sounds fun (laughs) it's you know running's always better with some other people around for sure (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, you know, you talk about that little bubble in tiny town in Maine. Yeah. How did you end up going from Corrales to to Maine? Like what what brought you out there? <laughs> yeah, I um I think I kind of knew that I wanted to go to a smaller liberal arts school for college and I had some extended family in New England that I had known. I had visited a few times when I was younger. So I had I'd been out to New England a couple times, but never planned or hoped to move to Maine ever. Um, but I just I had just done a bunch of college applications. It was it, it really was just kind of luck. It was well, I'm not even sure it was luck. It was just sort of fortuitous, kind of an accident. I just I just applied to a bunch of schools, some of them in Maine. Um got into some, was rejected from others, sort of got financial aid from some, got more from some and less from others. And just based on sort of that calculus, I thought, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to Maine. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really plan to, well, I, at that point I did know that I wanted to go out of state. Um, just cause I think I, I, I did have a little bit of that when you're 17, 18 years old, you think the place you live is the worst Um, I definitely, I definitely had that. I was definitely a victim of that and just kind of wanted to change the scenery. Um, didn't necessarily want to change the scenery that was that far away, but that it, things just sort of worked out like that and, um, started freshman year and moved in without ever having been to Maine before. So that was, that was fun. I, I, did you know what to expect from the Maine winters? No, not even a little bit. Uh, I mean, like we do, uh, we do definitely get like a little splash of winter here in New Mexico. I, I, I still think the coldest temperature I've, I've ever experienced, I think was in fact in New Mexico, there was that one like freak winter in 2011, maybe when it was minus 25 or something for four days. And there was a natural gas problem. Right. But here in New Mexico, we get breaks from that it'll be really cold for a couple days we'll get a bunch of snow and then it'll it'll melt and be sunny and 55 degrees in maine it's just like a high of 25 for six weeks straight and you get a lot of permacloud um it's gray the sun sets at 3 45 in the afternoon um in december january and yeah that was not something that i i didn't even really think about <laughs> when i moved out there that was not really a, a, something that i was considering but um yeah, after a couple of years of that, I was glad to get a break. Um, but it's oddly still something I miss sometimes. When it snowed here this winter, I thought, I like, ah, yes, I get a little bit of snow again after sort of a break from that in Austin. It's definitely, I mean, I, I, I like having the seasons for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that is that is definitely one perk of New Mexico and the fact that I've now that I've 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 lived elsewhere and have seen um, a lot more parts of the country than I had when I was eighteen, um, I I find myself keep coming back 
keeping to come back back to New Mexico and it's, you know I I I, uh, I like it here. That's that's great. You know, it's it, there's plenty of people who you know again want to leave or maybe can't can't leave and stay or yeah. they leave and they come back and there's always you know there's good and bad with every place you know obviously uh but either way it's you know doing something where you get to be here again for a little while is mm-hmm. has got to be a little cool while you decide you know where where it is you really want to be for i guess maybe your next stint <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I mean the fact that I I, I already sort of had a running community here because I was coming back here um, regularly during law school and during the first chunk of graduate school. Um, my parents were s- still here in New Mexico, um, so it was it was sort of nice to have the opportunity to come back here where I already knew a lot of people and had a community that I could um, sort of be a part of again while I'm while I'm back here for year and a half or so yeah so you went from Bates and you continued some running at University of Texas Austin correct yeah so after I left Bates I had some eligibility left over because I had started late and I took a semester abroad so I I had I had I think more than half my eligibility left um and I ended up going to UT Austin to do a combined JD PhD program in the government department. So both law school and the PhD in the government department. And I emailed sort of cold emailed out of the blue, Brad Herbster, who was then the, the head men's distance uh, cross country track coach. And I said, look, I'm likely coming down to Austin for law school and graduate school. What does it look like? Like, what sort of opportunities would I have to still run for the team for a year? And I said, I sent him my times. Um, I think he asked for a video of me running. So I sent him like an old Boston University flow track race or something. And and um, I ended up being able to do sort of a the equivalent of a fifth year, even though it was sort of a third year, I guess, um, at UT for the Texas Longhorns. Hook them, you know, all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that was that was also a really crazy experience because I got to, you know, run Division three cross country nationals my senior year of college. And then 12 months later, run Division one cross country nationals. And it was just sort of fun to get to see both those worlds and sort of the cultural distinctions, um, the sort of financial distinctions, all the institutional considerations that diverge across those two worlds it was it was it was just a really unique opportunity to get to experience those two communities um and it's it's definitely something that i'm really glad that i i did because i i don't think a lot of people have the opportunity to sort of run both both divisions back to back in a year like that um and yeah it was fun i got to i i learned a lot i got to train with like some really talented athletes um and sort of made some more connections in the Austin community that I, I still have today um, in the sort of Austin running community. Um, and yeah, and so that that was just one year at UT. Um, but then I, I stayed at UT for four more years to finish graduate school, finish law school. Well, not, fi- not yet finish graduate school, but finish <laughs> law school and continue my PhD. Um, so I was, I was there for a total of five years and um sort of after my one year for the team I was just out of my own and I did have sort of a running community there a lot of them are former UT runners uh, some of them are really talented marathoners you know Olympic trials qualifiers and all of that there's a whole group out there because Austin Austin particularly in the last four or five years is really like a dramatically expanding running community um and it's it's pretty robust so um I had a lot of great, great running friends out there and, you know, it was sad to leave them when I came back to Albuquerque, but at the same time, um, Albuquerque running is so much better than Austin running. Um, <laughs> and just in terms of the weather and the terrain, it's unbelievable. I'm firmly of the opinion that Albuquerque is the best place in the world to run. Um, you can quote me on that. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I will be moving back to Austin this fall, but I, I fully anticipate on returning to Albuquerque periodically over the next couple of years as I finish off my PhD. And that's great. And yeah, I, you know, I didn't really know much about Austin running, 
you know, mm-hmm. but over, I guess it was really kind of over the pandemic, the, the, uh, Atreo, Atreyu shoe brand kind of yeah. uh, picked up out of there and kind of started following them and, and they, you know, do lots of stuff around there. And it definitely mm-hmm. seems like there's a decent amount of people out there for sure. Um, but I, that humidity and heat <laughs> seems like it might be a little killer. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I do know, I don't, I don't personally know the, the man that runs Atreyu particularly well, but one of my friends out in Austin, uh, Rory Tunningly, who's a former Texas runner and Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon. I would, he used to do a lot of runs with him and he's a, at least for a while, I don't know if he still is, but he, at least for a while was a diehard Atreyu fan, he used to wear those shoes on all his runs and used to get all the, all the prototypes and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Austin does have a pretty nice 10 mile loop. That's like right in the center of the city that goes around the, the thing they call the lake. Uh, that's just a river, but they call it a lake. Um, it has a dam on it. So it's a little bit wider, but it's, okay. it's just part of a river and it's, I don't know, long and thin, whatever. Um, and, uh, that, that's where I would be doing a lot of my like long runs and workouts, but it does get crowded because Austin's a really growing it's it's a it's a big city and it's growing so it gets crowded and yeah there are times of the year especially between about yeah april may and september october when the weather becomes oppressive and there's really no good time of day to run um and uh, so yeah i i don't love that and i will be <laughs> sort of having to endure that for another little bit but hopefully i'll be able to avoid austin during the during the worst months well, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a, is it hard to, I mean, you can only acclimate so much, but is it hard to acclimate to that humidity and heat when you haven't been in it in a while? It is actually. Yeah. There were, um, there have definitely been times when I've sort of come back to Austin after being here in Albuquerque for a little while and sort of been hit with the heat wave and I am low energy and just sleepy all the time. Simply just never feel good for two or three weeks. It sort of takes me a while to acclimate. It takes me so much longer to acclimate to that than it does to like back up to altitude here. Um, but even so in that sort of muggy heat, when there's like a sort of a point in the morning when the humidity is dropping and the temperature is rising if you go too early, it's too humid. And if you go too late, it's too hot. So there's like a 20 minute window, which is not long <laughs> enough to do a run, but there's like a 20 minute window when it's almost tolerable. And you kind of have to pick which side of that window you're going to go on. You're going to get really sweaty. You're going to get really hot. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> even, even during those points, I just never really feel good. Um, <laughs> just everything hurts. Everything feels miserable. And really all I want to do is like lie on the couch and sleep for a month. But um, yeah, maybe I'm just not built for humidity. Having, having grown up in Albuquerque, maybe I'm just, maybe it's just in, in my bones. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot different here for sure. I was, it's, I did the Houston marathon and uh, the Mm -hmm. half and my friends kept on, you know, telling me, oh, well, you got to be careful with the humid and this and that. But luckily, I mean, that's in January. So the heat's not too bad and the, the weather this this year was was pretty perfect that was me that was nice but i was i was kind of kept on trying to pay attention to like am i gonna am i gonna be dying <laughs> yeah 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 that was that was just just a few months ago right that's it's usually yeah. in um, in january yeah yeah and you did the the full marathon or the half i did the half okay yeah yeah it was a i obviously wasn't there but it was a it was a decent day that day i think um it was it was crazy windy the day before but the day of um i mean there were just gusts but you know yeah nothing like spring in in new mexico <laughs> yeah yeah i actually i've i've never been to houston actually um even though i have a lot of friends sort of from law school and grad school into moving to houston um actually never been i i am sort of i think tentatively planning to do the half um in houston in january Maybe, maybe that'll be my first time in Houston. Maybe I'll see you there. <laughs> I would love to go back. Actually, it, it it was it was a really fun course. 
and the people along it i mean it, there was just people all along and it was it was it was really cool yeah yeah it's those those sort of fun spectator road races that are yeah. so much more fun i think for everybody those those road races that you do where there are people in the first mile and people in the last mile and then you're just like out and it's quiet and you can hear birds chirping in the whole in the middle oh my god those are so hard um yeah but though so that's 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 definitely great to hear about houston i'm glad the the experience you had was good yeah because it, yeah. it does seem like if there are people lining the course like i've never done the boston marathon but that's that's one of the things we're always talking about people just right. lining the course and it really does make the it it in the you know the the few road races i've done that sort of have that atmosphere they're just head and shoulders more fun than uh yeah those quiet lonely ones <laughs> yeah oh for sure i mean the energy just carries throughout and then it's so big i mean there's i mean obviously you're, you're a bit faster than me, but I, <laughs> I had people around me the entire time, Yeah. whether I was catching them or they were catching me. Like it just, there was just constantly people around until, you know, the last couple of miles, once, you know, once things spread out a bit more, you know, it got a little bit, but you know, there was still pe plenty of people around that it made it like, this is great. Yeah. 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 I'm excited that hopefully, um, Hopefully I'll find myself there in January and can get a little, little taste of that same atmosphere. Nice. Nice. Well, that's good to know, you know, something you have tentative on the calendar. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm sort of, I, I've been telling myself for a long time that I have a couple long-term running goals before I like am comfortable quitting running. Um, Cause you know, I feel like we're up, we all hit that point when either you have to start, start taking it less seriously or spending less time on it or even just quitting it outright. Cause it's, it's not what you need at that moment. Um, <clears throat> but sort of the one that I wanted to do when I started to kind of realize that I had a little bit of talent um, was just run the Olympic trials marathon. And um, sort of my secondary goal was running track USA's, which you know, it, I found out the last couple of days was a lot closer than I thought. Turns out it's still not quite in my grasp, but it was a lot closer than I thought. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Houston in January, I will try to get the B standard in the half marathon that can set me up to run the Olympic trials in 2024. The B standard in the half is fast. So I, I don't know if I'll get it, but I think Houston in January, 2023. So what is that? Six, seven months from now. Yeah. Um, yeah tentatively try to try to get it but whether i get it or not your guess is as good as mine but it'll <laughs> it'll be fun to try well that's a fantastic goal and i mean i i don't remember offhand what it is i know it's faster than the i think it's 218 straight up in the marathon to get in and that sounds the, right yeah but the half was significantly faster than the full marathon time yeah i remember seeing it in 2016 and it was 65 flat and at the time at the time i hadn't run that but i thought ooh, that might be doable on a perfect day and then for 2020 i think they bumped it down to 64 30 or 64 flat i don't remember and i thought ooh, that's tougher um i've now run 64 low so i know that may have been like doable but then they, for 2024, they cut the half standard to, to under 63 minutes. That's a, which yeah, is, that's, that's a pretty significant jump. So I don't know. That's fast. So it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, and I get it. They're trying to, you know, focus primarily on the marathon part, but I, I don't know. I think. I, I'm along. I'm along the lines of what happened in Atlanta. You know, the more the merrier. I think that's great for for the sport and for everything. Yeah, I, I, I think I mostly agree with that. I think there is a ceiling. There is sort of like I think you have to you have to cut it at some point because if you had five thousand people running the Olympic trials, I think that would just be it would just be too chaotic. You get a lot of people who are sort of probably like they would they would not be in shape and they would get in the way and it's just purely sort of a a fun thing and you know right. i think it might it might take a little bit of the sort of uniqueness out of the opportunity 
But yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with cutting the standards too tightly so they can just like squish the field as tight as possible. So it's the same sort of 10, 15 usual, usual suspects who are competing for the spots. That's not fun to watch. Um, and that way is like for, for the people like me that are sort of in between, it becomes either like, I know I'm not as good as some of these people, but so at some point it becomes like, why should I bother setting, setting this as a goal when I know it's so, it's so far out of my reach. Um, and, uh, yeah, they sort of USATF plays a, plays a dangerous game sometimes, um, with, um, with those standards and with fields and things like that. And, you know, yeah, sometimes they do a better job than others, but yeah, I think it is always fun. If the, like the trials in the last few years, the uh, marathon trials has been in the two, 300 range. Right. That, that, that seems to make sense. Cause there's always, always people who are really talented that have breakout days. And that way you get people who are just really dedicated runners, getting these standards to go out and, sort of say they ran the Olympic trials, which is a, it's a fun, it's a fun thing for anybody to do. And it's always a, yeah, I didn't, I was not in Atlanta in 20, um, was it, was it in 2020 when they did it before the COVID and all that? Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was was right before it was, um, they ran it in February and then every, most places started shutting down in March. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like a great atmosphere, and yeah, yeah, I wish. Um, so you know, hopefully, I'll be able to do that, and hopefully, they don't shrink the standards too much in the coming years. That it's just 10, 15, 10, 15 people with one camera per person, or something like that. That's, right. That's not well, fun that's, to watch. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, I don't think it should definitely be watered down. It shouldn't be, you know, a, an open race where there's thousands of of people or even high hundreds but you know two to three hundred like you said is is lofty enough and it gives people a goal that i think is you know that that just enough people can do it where it still means something but also like somewhat attainable even if you're not going to be like i mean yeah it's 218 now and most of those guys that sneak in under 218 on the men's side you know they're not going to be competing for that that top three spot Mm-hmm. But they get a chance to go out there and be in a fast race in, you know, in the USA and be be out there in that atmosphere. And I think that's 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 not going to hurt the sport. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, if they if if those if those fields get too tight, too small, I think that some that that then becomes something that people who who sort of have, have aspirations to run fast and it's just sort of a, a fun thing for them. Then it, it sort of removes one of the incentives to sort of it's it takes away one of the realistic goals. And then it, yeah, then it, uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, it sort of removes one of the incentives to keep training at a high level. If you're so close or something and I don't know. Yeah. So it does. Right. Hopefully, hopefully the, that it, it remains a attainable goal and, and, and people can, can continue to have, have fun running, running big miles and trying to get the standard. Cause it does. Yeah. It's always fun. I, there were just plenty of mornings in Austin when I remember, cause a lot of the people that I would run with in Austin were sort of Olympic marathon trials qualifiers or hopefuls. And, you know, for a lot of them, they would spend years, you know, meeting up in the mornings to say like, yeah, I'm going to see if I can get that, that 218 and try to sneak under, get that 217.59, try to grab that standard. And, and then, and then it's, there's another incentive for um, that group to show up every morning and get their run in and sort of meet people and have a bunch of friends out there doing the same thing. And um, it's just a great way to, it's honestly just a great way to have fun. Right. So if you, if you remove one of those incentives, then, all the, the not, well, not all, but, you know, one aspect right. of the sort of running community and all the sort of warmth and growth and fun that it brings with it sort of, sort of dies and that, and that makes me sad. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. Um, you know, I'm going to go back a little bit, you know, talking about you going from, from Bates to University of Texas, Austin, mm-hmm. and, 
you know, how, I guess maybe difficult is, is the right word, but division three and, and division one are pretty different. You alluded to a little bit of that, um, you know, when we were talking earlier, but then on top of that, you're, you're working in a pretty intense, um, field that you're getting your, your graduate degree, you're working in PhD now, like how, how difficult, I guess, was that transition to keep up that, you know, moving from division three where you're, you know, you're training yeah. at that level. And then all of a sudden, like you want to do that division one, but you know, it's, it's a step up plus the workload. Yeah. I mean that, that transition was hard to be honest. Like I'm um, it's, it's not, it doesn't necessarily illustrate the, the whole situation or describe the whole situation, but there is sort of a illustrative example. I I'm not an insomniac, but during that first kind of month of living in Austin, when I was, you know, meeting the cross country team at, I think six 30 or was it six, six or six 30, like five days a week for a run um, that we'd often find ourselves, you know, breaking six minute pace before seven o'clock in the morning in the dark. Right. And then just, it's just, it's just hard. Um, and, um, starting my PhD in a new city and all of this all at once, I was, I was having real trouble sleeping, um, for long periods of time. And it was, it was sort of mentally stressful. It was physically stressful. It took me like several months before I started to feel kind of healthy and normal again. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very, it was very difficult. And there were times when like, you know, a lot of the, my teammates on the Texas Longhorns had, had been, they had, they had run in high school they had come to texas sort of for the cross-country team for the track team sort of lore of running for the texas longhorns that was sort of one of the big reasons not not the only reason but that was you know a, a principal factor in their decision to come to austin to run for the university of texas and they they took running very seriously and had for many years because the expectations there are very high. The sort of financial considerations there are very high. Scholarships were attached. They throw money at you. If you're good enough, you can go pro because Texas has all these Nike connections and things like that. Um, and that wasn't why I came to the University of Texas. <laughs> and um, I, I came primarily for the PhD program and the law school and so there was sort of an odd disconnect when I wanted to be just as dedicated and serious and talented as a lot of these just like incredibly quick, fast people. But I also had to sort of focus um, on my graduate work. Um, and there was there were occasionally some odd kind of frictions. Uh, they were probably exacerbated by the fact that I was new to graduate school and just trying to wrap my head around a new city and doing this like a totally different lifestyle all at once. <laughs> Um, so there were definitely some odd moments, both with my graduate advisors and some of the professors in the PhD program. When I said like, Ooh, I'm not going to be in class tomorrow. And they said, why can't you come? And I said, well, I had a cross country meet and they thought, and, and it was, it was just very weird to be a PhD student, like competing for a division one team. And they would say, Oh, a cross country meet. Like, Oh, do you run? And I said, I would say, yeah. Like, Oh, what, what club do you run for? And I was like, Oh, I run for the the team here, what team here? And I had like, Oh wait, you mean the, like the cross country team? And I'd say, yes, it was, it was just a very, it was a weird, <laughs> it was a weird, like a series of odd kind of discussions. I never expected to have. Um, Cause there was just like an, an, oh, the, those are two, two communities that don't overlap very much. Yeah. Um, so there were sort of a series of odd moments and awkward conversations when I thought, Ooh, I can't do this. Cause I have to go, I have to go, you know, I have a, I have an assignment I have to do. I have to hand in, I have a test or something or vice versa. Oh, sorry. I have to miss this one thing. Can I make this up? Because I have to fly to Indiana to go run cross country nationals or something. It was just, it was, it was just, it was, it was odd. Um, and, it, and created for some sort of in retrospect, amusing situations and amusing, um, circumstances. But in the moment it was, it was difficult. Yeah. Which is, um, might might explain why you know I didn't I didn't run particularly well for them and I didn't I feel like my own sort of academic professional development didn't really take off till after after a couple years of of being in Austin and things like that so it, it definitely was hard because I I'm someone who wants to sort of excel at the things I choose to do um, if I do something whatever it is I want to do it well 
Um, I think a lot of people share that, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not particularly unique, but you know, that's, that's, that's who I am. Um, so I wanted to run as well as I can, but also, you know, do as well as I could in law school and as well as I could in my PhD program. And, um, that's, that's a lot of things to add into a day. So, um, it did, um, it did, you know, it has, it's, it's definitely had its moments when it's pretty miserable, but on the whole, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, and it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely sounds, uh, difficult, <laughs> um, but you know, there's so much you get out of running, which I'm, I'm hearing from you. I mean, obviously yeah. you've kept it up, you know, through that to the point where, you know, you're, you're still progressing now. Uh, what did that look like, I guess, from finishing up that year with um, that, that first year there at Texas, mm-hmm. not going back to the team, but continuing running? I mean, what was that like? Uh, and, and what, and even, I guess, what made you want to continue after such a hard year? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I had, well, it was, it was towards the end of my year at Texas when I, I finally broke 30 in the 10K. Um, which had been a goal of mine at Bates, and I didn't get it. Um, and at that moment, I thought, like, okay, I'm starting to run. I'm starting to run some faster times. And I thought, you know, I was still relatively new to the sport because I didn't really start taking it seriously till I was 20, I think. Right. Was it 21? Um, I don't remember. Um, so I feel like I, I I didn't quite have as much mental fatigue as a lot of people do when they finish a fifth year of, you know, after training really hard for the last 12 years of their life since they were 14 years old or something like that. I didn't I didn't quite have that because I was so fresh. Um, <laughs> and I sort of had the extra consideration of I started running in high school and that's when my grades went up. I was, a, you know, I was a pretty average student until like junior year when I started to, I, I decided to start running. Nobody told me to. And that was also when I decided, you know what? I should do my homework. I shouldn't wait until my dad yells at me. I shouldn't wait until my mom says, oh, did you study for that test? I should just do it myself, right? And when I, those, those two things overlap, then they reinforce one another. And that was when I started to get better grades in high school. And so I sort of had this other, reason to keep running because that it was it it balanced out sort of my my studies and sort of what even though my studies and my job right now they that's they are one and the same more or less because that's that's how a phd work really works um and so i i never you know thought about quitting running i never thought about stopping altogether um i definitely thought about you know not training anymore and not doing races and there were definitely periods in there where i didn't race for many many months um and was not particularly fit but it was all i would i would find myself going through these periods you know i would not not work out for a month or two and then i would think ooh i'm feeling i'm feeling good today i want to go run hard um so and and that really was i was just sort of kept going by a sort of running community that i had in austin some some other friends who, who really enjoyed it. And it, it was just another excuse, like I said, to sort of get out the door every day and see the sun and sweat a little and feel good. And um, that sort of kept me going through the f- first first few years. Um, and I was coaching myself, um, writing all my own workouts when I would work out, choose when to race when I did race. Um and uh was still slowly getting better every year so it was it was sort of fun because i wasn't you know i was i was still dedicating a lot of time to it but it was not a lot of mental energy i wasn't you know spending a lot of money i, I wasn't thinking about like exactly you know exactly how my training's going to go um what workouts i have to do at what moment like am i going to get into this big race or not i wasn't really worrying about all of that stuff it was just sort of a i was just going out and running running for an hour a day and then i'd go run 2 hours on sundays and um, but I was, I was also still getting faster every year. I think I've, I've PR'd in some distance every year since I started running. Wow. Um, and so I thought, you know, maybe I'll just keep doing this and see what happens. And at some, at some moment I'll try to string together a good six months of training and try to get that Olympic trials qualifier. But, um, things have changed a, a little bit. So how'd you go, um, from writing your own programs and, and, 
you know, just kind of doing this. I don't want to just say for fun, but almost for fun to mm -hmm. hopping on with uh, railroad athletics. Yeah. So blame Hayden Cox for that one. It's entirely his fault. Um, and I'm sure if he listens to this, which I will, I'll hound him and make him do it. Cause now I'm giving him a shout out. He will, he will definitely agree that it was entirely his fault. Um, I had no intentions of being coached. It's sort of, there are, there are things about this story that also are very thematically similar to joining the team at Bates, right? When he approached me, cause he's, he's in law school at the university of Texas and he okay. had coached for a couple of years in between college and law school. Um, and sort of started this railroad business in between and carried it over to Austin. And he had a few athletes that he was coaching and it's, it's sort of an unusual business model, but it works for him and it works for me. Uh, it works for a lot of other people. And he started law school and found me. I, I don't remember how exactly, maybe, maybe through, through Strava or something like that. And he said, Hey, you like, I see you're a runner. Can we like run together sometime? And he said, absolutely. The more, the more, the merrier. So he and I were just, we would like run together occasionally. I was, uh, I was finishing law school and he was just starting. So we sort of had some things to talk about and I sort of put him in contact with some of my other Austin running, running friends. And he sort of became a part of the Austin running community. And after a few months, he, well, he had, he already told me about his little group. Um, I was firmly opposed to joining for a while because I thought, you know, I'm here doing my own thing. Things are set. I'm still getting better every year. It works for me. I don't want to change anything. I don't want to add an external stressor that's going to make this feel like an obligation. Um, and he was very understanding when he, but he was, he was playing the long game <laughs> and, uh, and he thought, great. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but after, after a few months, he did sort of sit me down and he said like, look, I can, I can make you faster. And I thought like, I don't care. I don't want to get faster. I'm having a good time <laughs> like this. Um, and, uh, but then there was a moment he, well, he, he then began to coach some of my sort of running friends and I saw them sort of out there having a good time. And then there was a moment, there was a sort of a, what was, it was, a the loop running company in Austin. Um, they organized a sort of 10 mile race around Austin in the dark. So it was like a night race. It was crazy. <laughs> And he thought, will you wear my singlet just for, cause I know like the loop is really active on Instagram. They have a lot of exposure. And he said, will you wear my singlet? Sort of if, if there are some photos of you, then we can post them and sort of try to get some more exposure. And I thought, okay, sure. I'll, I'll throw you a bone and do this for you. Um, <laughs> because at that moment I thought I was helping him and it was not purely like a, I was doing this selfishly because I want to get faster at that point. It felt much more symbiotic. And I agreed to wear a singlet and I, I ran really well. Um, and he was on a bike sort of like yelling at me and yelling at some of the other uh, runners. I had a really good time. And a few, a few months later he thought, okay, like what if I start to write some workouts for you? And I sort of broke down and I was like, all right, you seem like a, like a nice guy who cares about running and sort of understands the, how, how I approach running and how I think about running and how I don't want to take it too seriously but also take it very seriously at the same time. <laughs> um, and he, so it's, I feel like I sort of had to get to know him and his approach. And I, 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 I wasn't actively thinking this, but I feel like I also had to be sure he, he understood the way that I approach running before I sort of agreed to um, work with him. Um, and it's, it, it has really actually turned out extremely well. It's a, it's a really well run little company he his coaching style is turns out it's working really well for me um <laughs> and i'm having a lot of fun and he's able to give me a little bit of financial support for some races and he's put me in contact with some i like i'm i'm getting you know some sort of really excellent gear from from rabbit like um apparel company out in california they've been they've been making some of our uniforms and um just yeah he's 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 sprinkled in a few things in into my training in such a way that um, it doesn't turn running into this whole monster that I feel like I'm tackling. Um, but uh, I'm getting a lot faster. So I'm, I'm really happy. I'm working with, with railroad. There are a lot of sort of friends that I have in Austin who are, who are working with Hayden and working with, with railroad. It, it really is a group of, you know, just sort of eclectic fun people who are just trying to run fast and they're, and um, I feel like we, we share a lot and there are a lot of people out there that have a, like a lot of, a lot of other things also going on in their life, but they sort of share this passion for 
going out there and running with your friends on Sundays and trying to run fast and be, be goofy and be stupid and um, see how fast you can run. And that's, that's, that's what I love about running. And so it's, it's worked out really well for me. And um, I have every intention of uh, carrying on in the future. That's, that's fantastic. And it's, it's kind of funny because when you talked about getting into the cross country team at Bates, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, it's very similar. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things you said was that you were worried that the running was going to become um, kind of take over every aspect of your life and kind of yeah. almost be a detriment to, to other parts. Mm-hmm. Obviously you've talked that it's, that, that it's been a helpful part. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of funny, you know, it's almost like it has taken over a large part of (laughs) your life. I mean, I know law school is, uh, is a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so to be able to continue running at your level, I mean, that takes a certain amount of commitment for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, running, running definitely does like in, in no sense am I trying to make the argument that running does not take up a serious part of my life. It absolutely does. (laughs) Um, it dictates large, large parts of my day, but there, there's always this sort of worry that I have, whether it's logical or not, right? I'm not trying to say it makes sense, but there's, there's a worry that I have that running will become like a mental sort of imaginative mountain that I'm never (laughs) able to climb, right? Because if, if I set really high goals for myself and I'm never able to see those goals and reach then it becomes sort of an all-encompassing frustration that I'm not sort of making progress and I'm not being able to succeed at something that I had set out for myself. And I never wanted running to be that. I never wanted running to be like, you know what, I'm going to run in the Olympics. No, that is just not realistic for me at all. (laughs) Um, And I never wanted to set even sort of relatively comparable goals like that because then, then to me running would become this sort of leviathan that I feel like I have to battle constantly is like a mental thing during my day. But if I, if, if I approach running in a sense that I want to keep running fast cause it's fun, it's fun to go out and run every morning. I feel good. Um, and if I, you know, sort of set incremental little goals for myself and don't take myself too seriously, don't take the races too seriously, don't take everyone around me too seriously. Um, and realize that we're all just like a bunch of, a bunch of people wearing little tiny neon shorts, just like (laughs) screaming around the forest or like doing laughs around the track. Right. It's just like, it's, it's a weird activity. Um, and if I, if I keep that in mind, then I find I enjoy it a lot more. And then I can sort of convince myself into being pleasantly surprised by how fast I run. It's no longer a, finally I ran this fast and it's like a weight off my shoulders then it's sort of an amusing, like, look what I just did. That was fun. Um, yeah. It yeah. sort of flips it a little bit. So I, I, I never wanted running to like be goal oriented um, per se with, with sort of a couple small exceptions, like I said. Um, so if I approach it more as a process and more of just like a constantly being, being amused and being pleasantly surprised by, races and things like that and times I run then then to me it becomes less of a mental burden and then it it translates into has a spillover effect into other aspects of my life that's that's great and I love that attitude I mean I can tell you're having fun with it <laughs> um I think it's great like it, you definitely talk in these kind of you definitely have some goals but they're they're more general like you said you're not like necessarily like yes you're looking at that time because you'd like to hit that half marathon time to run the you know the trials but Mm -hmm. you're not like focused on that time you're just focused on this is what i want to do Mm -hmm. and so it's it makes it a little bit more general which i i i personally like and i think it can be hard for some people to to do that they have that you know they just have that time in their head and that's like you said like i gotta hit that time i gotta do this for that time and i and, and there's something to that as well, but, you know, to be able to just have a general goal, it, 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 it does almost make it seem a little bit more, well, I'm just trying to do this, whatever that time is, whatever the, the, that means, I'm just trying to strive for that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. I think another way to it to like think about it or explain it is like, I I I am setting this goal for myself of whether it's Houston half in in January or something. I would like to try to get you know like run under 60, 63 in the half marathon and get that qualifier. But the, but what I'm not doing is going to let myself think like if I run. 6301 or if i run 64 flat or like or if i run 75 minutes to me that's not a failure um it's not like i did not meet the goal so i wasted my time and i failed in my aspirations no if i run if i run 6301 that's really fast still right that's insanely fast um and it's it's not like a to me that's not a like a that's that does not mean that i've failed to meet my goals it just means like oh well I still had a lot of fun doing this whole thing. Like I, 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 I still ran really quickly. Um, I had a lot of fun trying. And if I've, if I really try to take seriously and keep at the front of my mind that, you know, all the training is not about the race um, because the training is really social. It's like a very social activity and just like the rigidity that having to train every day gives to the rest of my day. Um, makes me more productive and things like that. So if I if I never reach those goals, it's not it's not as if I have failed or something. I mean, other people can attribute that to me, sure, whatever. But that's that that's not the way that I approach it. It's like okay, it is true that I did not meet that arbitrary threshold, but there's so much else that I've gotten out of this, and it's still just like a lot of fun. Um, that thinking of it as a failure seems to just it seems to betray all the other positive aspects that running brings into my life. And I know it brings into it, into a lot of other people's lives in similar ways. I, that's, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's fun hearing you talk about that. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about your um, recent 10 K time and, mm-hmm. you know, having some of those goals, you know, you recently ran 2844 which is mm-hmm. fast. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's it, hearing you talk and us talking, like you ended up being pretty close to being able to get into this 10K championships that will, um, when this goes out, will have just happened. As we're talking, it's it's happening uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow um, night. And so, you know, but I... I there's not this sense of like you're talking about the sense of failure or, or even really this bitterness. It's well, it didn't work out, but man, I'm getting faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause even, even right now, like based on times, I should be in the, the USA 10 K track field tomorrow night. There are two people that have slower times than I do. Um, I beat two, two people, uh, in that race a few weeks ago. Um, and based on everything, I apparently belong in that field, uh, which is crazy to think about. Top, there are 21 people because it looks like somebody scratched 21, 22 people in the field. And to think about that, I that I should be in that field tomorrow night is is shocking to me. And the reason I'm not is because Hayden Cox and I sort of made a little logistical error in not dec- not registering me for this meet because we were operating under the assumption that I was not get in because my time was not fast enough. So we didn't, we did, we, we missed this initial deadline by a few hours. Um, and then when we tried quite hard to still get in absent that, you know, offering to, you know, we can, we can give you all the information we need. We can still pay the registration fee. Look, I still have this time. And we finally got a hold of, of people who like their race director and all that. Um, unfortunately there was, they had to honor that initial deadline, so they would not let me in. Um, and, you know, I objectively, I can see why somebody would be really annoyed about this situation, right? They had the opportunity to run at U.S. Championships in the 10,000 meters on the track, try to earn a spot for World Championships. I, I obviously, like, can't hit that standard, whatever it is, 2720. That's quite a bit faster. But right. have, have the opportunity to be in that race um, is a really exciting thing. This seems like a lot of fun. Um, and I can see looking at this from the outside and thinking I should be really upset that I, and, and there, there is, there is a part of me that's a little frustrated. 
But at the same time, I know it's it's only running and I still ran really fast and I'm still having a lot of fun. And if I get, get too focused on, oh, we missed this deadline, that was a sort of sort of a combination of both Hayden and me not really thinking about it too hard. Um, then um, I feel like that's that's just a waste of sort of mental energy and emotional energy. And I can I can still, you know, try again next time. Right. And because right. there's there's nothing I can do about it now, except probably drink drink a lot of wine while the race is happening and uh, <laughs> and be be a little annoyed about it in the moment but um you know things things happen so um i can always try again next year see what happens exactly exactly and again <laughs> I, I mean i just i i love your attitude through this i i mean we've we've touched on it a little bit i mean you your time management to take care of this stuff to still do the other things in your life to be going through a phd program a clerkship you know like Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of commitment and i i feel like if you if you want to achieve this i think you're definitely going to um because it just seems like you have that that will and that's that's almost half of it right there (laughs) yeah thank you i mean um i i do have I am self-driven and I do sort of have some dedication to a fault sometimes. Uh, some people would definitely would definitely criticize me for, you know, sometimes being too rigid and setting my plans and things like that. And I'm, I'm very much guilty of that, right? I have, I have a lot of flaws. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's, I enjoy doing a lot of things that I, that I do. Um, and although sometimes there are, there are those moments when I think, why do I do this to myself? But on the whole, I enjoy it. Um, and yeah, the fact that I, I broke 29 was kind of a shock. And after I ran that race, I was thinking there's like, I, I feel like I ran quite hard. Um, I was well under my 5k PR halfway through the race and I thought it was going to be crazy hard, but I thought, you know, I went way, I sort of shot for the moon, um, and got pretty close. And now I think what happens if I, go out a little bit faster now that I know I can do this or sort of the, the ceiling's been raised. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of my rigidity and sort of dedication to certain processes, like the process of training and the process of doing all these things can be, um, can be draining at times, but I, it, it's, it's been successful for me so far, especially now that I've gotten, sort of assistance from, you know, Hayden as a, as a coach and sort of as a using railroad as, as a, as occasionally a small sort of financial crutch. Um, it's, um, I've, I've noticed that, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that it's taken me this long to learn it, but occasionally if you reach out and ask for help, these, these things can go so much better, right? Who, who'd have, who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's the other thing. I mean, you've, you've had some college coaching and then did some stuff on your own. You're obviously, I mean, to be able to continue to PR on your own and then, you know, now have that kind of focus structure with a coach. I mean, to hit, you know, these these different um, stresses in your body. It's, um, yeah, like I said, I think I, I'm rooting for you. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm rooting for myself too. I think this is this is always something that I find I find funny is if if people say like, "Oh, I'm like surprised or not surprised you ran this time or something." Like, I'm I'm watching my own time progression just as curiously as everyone else and it'll be just as a surprise or something. It'll be just as fun cuz I feel like I'm sometimes I'm I'm watching myself in these races thinking like, "Whoa, it's crazy that you're doing that." Or like that guy's having a good time. This is crazy. Um, and so I always, I, I, there's, there's a part of me that, that likes to treat myself as an external observer to this own, this own odd activity. Cause that, that again, just makes it, just makes it more fun. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been to sort of get back into the nitty gritty briefly. Uh, some of the workouts that I've been doing in the last few weeks are things that I never, ever would have thought, I would have been able to do. Um, and it really is just like run more hills and more strides. That's <laughs> shout out to Hayden for, for reminding me that I should, that I should do some strides once in a while. Um, 
and uh yeah the 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 idea that like i'm in three weeks or so no about about two weeks just over two weeks flying out to portland for the portland track festival 5k which is not a race i would have thought i would have been able to get into um and the 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 idea that i'm tentatively hoping to run in the 13 mids or something um wow is i mean i have no idea if i will right is there's yeah. a solid chance i'll run 16 minutes and have to walk <laughs> right who knows um but the the fact that i'm even thinking about that as maybe an outside possibility i think is 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 fun i think it's funny um it's sort of just interesting to juxtapose the sort of I, I was an 18 minute 5k runner when i was 21 years old or something and now i've cut possibly as much as five minutes off that time and so who who knows right we'll see well like i said that's amazing um i'll be keeping track of that and <laughs> sharing anything that you post or railroad athletics posts on that um again i, I, I love you i love your attitude and you know, I think this is a great spot to kind of wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just ask you the last question I ask everybody. And that's just, you know, what are you listening to to get you pumped and ready to go out for a, you know, workout or sit down and get ready to study? <laughs> I have I have wildly disparate music tastes. So typically I'm sort of a classical music person. Um, I grew up playing piano and listening to some opera. And so that that's the bulk of my listening but there are times I, I go through phases, but right now, um, last few weeks, I find myself really, really enjoying 2010s pop <laughs> stuff that I think is objectively garbage. But sometimes <laughs> when I'm, I'm, I'm driving to a run, there's a small part of me that when I, you know, play those songs, I get a little bit of, you know, high school nostalgia and I, I get, I get really pumped up, but, uh, it definitely comes in phases. There are other times when I just, I simply can't, can't tolerate that music. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it, um, it comes in waves and it's, it's a, it's a surprise to me sometimes. So yeah, 2010s pops, those like summer hits, it's just garbage music. It's so terrible, <laughs> but, uh, really hits the spot sometimes. <laughs> That's, that isn't, I mean, there is a lot of garbage in that for sure. I will. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't deny that at all. Um, you know, I'm always curious with people who have some sort of music background. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever find yourself kind of like on a long run or anything? Like, I don't want to say counting beats, but like almost have that like metric beat with your feet that, you know, that you have in that music, like tempo. Yeah, actually all the time. Um, <laughs> I sometimes in the middle of a run, a song I haven't heard in months or weeks will pop in my mind and it like footsteps will act as a metronomic and the the song is playing in my head while I do it. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then as soon as it runs over the, the song will leave my mind and I don't, and I don't think about it for another few weeks or something until I hear the song again. Um, but yeah, that actually, that, that happens all the time. That's that's so interesting to me. I, I've heard it before. It's just it's it's uh it's very interesting to me. So mm-hmm. that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's there's somebody out there that's done, that's done research on that. Some some awesome psychologist or something that's done research on that. I don't. That's that's not me. I don't. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, this has been a lot of fun. I I'm excited for what you do in this 5K coming up. I'm excited for what you do in in your half, whether it's Houston or if you go somewhere else. Um, I, I'm, I'm really just, I, I want to see what you end up doing. So uh, good luck on all that. Like I said, I'll continue to follow, uh, maybe have you back on after, after the half marathon or something. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah. I mean, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's been fun, fun talking to you and sort of, trying to bring this whole running thing and, and talk about it in a way that makes sense. Cause I don't often get the opportunity to nail it down. I just go ahead and do it and go out for a run with my friends, but I don't often get to actually think about and articulate all these, all these things. So that's, that's been sort of nice. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I like your, your 
your podcast sort of running running in New Mexico thing. As I as I mentioned, I'm firmly of the belief that Albuquerque is the best place in the world to run. All these trails, gorgeous weather, so many great people out there for a run. Um, and um, so I I'm a fan. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time, and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico.com at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.